Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. I'm very loud. You are, but it's okay. <laughs> God, I still love you. God bless your ears tonight, folks, because we've got a doozy of a show for you. Uh, and on top of that, I am very loud. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I am J-Dub. And... <laughs> and is this the first time in a while, in a month, that we've recorded together? I think so. It's been a bit. Um. So I promise we still know how to sort of do podcasting, but if you came here for uh, professional, uh, high-quality content, we did invite a, a fantastic guest. So you will yes. get that, but not from us. Um, but yeah, we took two weeks off. Uh, one was by choice, one was not. Um, but we are back by choice, and I'm excited about that. But uh, before that, I was traveling a lot. You were. It was kind of awful. It, for a little bit there. it did suck it did suck not being uh in the fortress of solitude uh with you which i guess is the fortress of duotude but um yeah so i just thought about that as we started this off like we are in the same room recording and uh it feels special uh, it also feels special to have uh, our lovely friend nick uh from podcast of the wills tuning in live and of course our buddy charlie uh much love and and good vibes to charlie um uh he was supposed to be with us today actually to chat about x-men um because he is an excellent friend um but he got the itis and so he is recovering yeah. uh from the itis and uh we wish him well uh and luckily we're gonna have lots of other things we can invite him on it's true uh we have no shortage of nerdy conversations uh, except when we do, and sometimes when we do, we pose that uh, to the the nerdy verse, uh, the people out there uh, who yes. put up with us. In case you're wondering, we are the masters of the nerdy verse. The masters of the nerdy verse. Ho! Um, Wrong show completely. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, but it's our show, um, and so when we're looking for new and interesting ideas, we've created such a community, and we appreciate that, um, and we like to take advantage of that, and so we put it out into the ether sometimes of hey. What's some things we can talk about? Because sometimes ideas come quick and easy. Sometimes they don't. Um, and when I uh, asked the ether, uh, the lovely Andy responded, who you may remember uh, joined us for our episode about uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes. Um, they are spectacular in many ways and very knowledgeable. They are excellent. Um can and and no, it's going to be all throughout the episode. Okay, it, it's all throughout the. I thought you would be on board with puns. I was not expecting. <laughs> You're on board now. Uh, anyway, so Andy was like, "Hey, want to talk about X Men?" And I was like, "You have no idea how much I do," which I never thought I'd say. But in the past year, my opinions on X Men have changed. How much? Let's find out because we are going to do uh, an examination. We forgot how to spell. Of, uh, well, I forget that the camera's mirrored. You get a lot of goofs and gaffes if you tune in live, guys. If you're listening to this after the fact, I'm telling you, it's a lot more fun live. Uh, and speaking of live, we are live now with our lovely friend, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello. 
Howdy, howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm having a pretty good, pretty good time over here in uh, in Maryland. Good. Fun. Uh, you haven't lost your mind uh, planning and preparing for this episode. Dark <laughs> Phoenix almost did it. Uh, really? There's some there's some bad X Men movies out there, and when you really love X Men, uh, sometimes it hurts a little bit <laughs> to revisit I, some of the I movies. I love X Men. Honestly, I, well. That's fair. Okay, I'm I'm, in, my... I'm I'm in between both of you on on that one. I can I can definitely like if you approach it from the history because next year is actually 60 years of X Men um, since the first issue, and that's kind of crazy. Um, but Andy, as you and I were talking about, like when you've been around that long as a series uh, uh, on multiple platforms, um, it's bound to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And uh, X-Men continuity is uh, a lot. There's there's a lot of good stuff and there's a lot of bad stuff. And it can be really confusing if you want to dive into the comics for the first time. So um, the I can imagine trying to adapt 60 years of continuity into making a movie or a show. Sure. You really do have to try and distill it down to its core essence and uh some things do that better than others absolutely well and it's like so we did a series um recently going through and journeying through the batman films up to the newest one um and it was interesting reading about each film and um what variety of uh series um some familiar some lesser that uh the writers decided to pull from and you know, it's it's interesting to see a film get made out of six comic series and whatnot. Um, and of course, when you're doing it that way, not all six, not everything in the six series gets in the, the two hours. Mm -hmm. um, and similarly with X-Men, like it's really hard to, I sh I'm sure, choose what gets in. Yeah. And, and then with 20th Century Fox being, in my opinion, a very reactionary studio, um, you know, at film to film and review to review uh, can greatly determine what happens yeah. next for sure. Because um, I think there's some good footing in some of them and there's some meh footing in others where they kind of just overcorrected maybe a little too much. Um, and I'm sure that happens in the comics as well. Um, you know, I'm going to uh, be upfront and say that my thing with X-Men is definitely... Uh, more steeped in the films and the animated series, uh, particularly the original, yes. the nineties one and X-Men evolutions. Um, that's kind of my X background. Yeah. So your expectations should be set pretty well. I mean, it was really easy to please me with the movies. Yes, I will say, but they did let me down sometimes. <laughs> uh, um, X-Men evolutions is amazing. Um, not to spoil my uh, Andy's criteria for what makes a good X-Men adaptation, but I think it might be the highest ranked thing I have on here, actually. Really? So uh, I, I very I very much love X-Men Evolutions. Okay, okay. It came in a weird era, and we'll get there, because that part of what yeah. we're doing with this whole episode, uh, which, lo and behold, is going to be an hour of us trying to fit a lot of stuff in, so... We're going to become that which we're uh, reviewing, uh, essentially, uh, by not being able to cover everything to every extent, I'm sure. But um, 
part of what we're doing is kind of journeying through and examining X-Men throughout uh, the eras and, and sort of the strong points, the not strong points, and the overall uh, vibe check of each era, uh, of each iteration. Because, again, 60 years, there's a lot. Yes. Um, so, obviously, we've got an expert uh, in the field with us in Andy. I've admitted I am a uh, ex-college dropout. Um, I, I've definitely not explored yeah. all of it. You um, got your XED, yeah. It's going to get old fast, folks. It Strap already has. In. <laughs> it got older faster than the movie old. But um, Meg, yes. you, hi. Hi. Uh, for you and X-Men. Where, where are you at before we even dive into the, the, the overall examination of whatnot? How, how do you feel about it? What's your background with it? Well, I read a couple comics here and there growing up because they were my brothers and I like to steal their things. Um, and I don't think anything really stuck with me. Like, I can't remember any specific plot points, probably because I was young and reading so scattered. Um, but then... I realized the other day that I have seen almost every single X-Men movie in the theaters. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that that's a great badge of honor, but it's definitely a badge worthy experience. Yeah. It's like Spider-Man. I've seen almost every Spider-Man in the movie. In wow. the theaters. It's nuts. I can't say that I enjoyed them. <laughs> I'm going to be incredibly honest. But the here. popcorn was great. The popcorn was <laughs> I appreciate that you're rocking a mutant shirt, though. That's some yeah. mutant solidarity. Teenage Listen, Mutant Ninja the best Turtles. Teenage Mutants out there, in my opinion. Also, Leonardo is the leader. Uh, it's Raphael, but I'll let you have it. But uh, y'all are, y'all are, uh, that's another thing you all share, though, is you and Andy, the love of TMNT. Uh, love those turts. <laughs> Petition the, to call them turts from now the on. Teenage mutant needle beetles. Yes. <laughs> um, I I I'm a big fan. Um, I think we've only talked about Secret of the Ooze on the yes. show. One of the um, best sequels ever made. And so, but we'll have to uh, revisit that. Um, okay. are, are we are we are we sticking with that statement? Yes, we are. Okay. The opening oh. scene alone of that movie is spectacular, and it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Oh, there's I no Casey it. Jones in it, though. I mean, I'm I'm sad about the Casey Jones. I'm not sad about missing the actor. But I will say, and I was hoping uh, our friend Kev would be in the comments to back me up on this. He's lifting um, heavy things and putting them back down. The best iteration, and I, I will take no questions on this, of TMNT is Saban's when they cross over with Power Rangers in space. Yeah, that is pretty good. But also the Power whole Rangers, musical tour that they Ninja did Turtles. was pretty spectacular, too. I mean, has X-Men crossed over with Power Rangers? I don't think so. Probably it, not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know what? There is a lot of... Power Rangers has crossed over with Godzilla, for goodness sakes, which... I mean, uh, Godzilla, technically a mutant. In in the 90s, nothing was bigger than X-Men or Power Rangers. Like, they were two oh, powerhouses. Sure. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, you've seen every movie. Yes. Didn't like them. No, uh, <laughs> Is that what we, we gathered from that experience? I Okay, so, I, you guys 
if you've watched the podcast for long enough, know that I don't enjoy ranking things. I like to say, did I have fun watching this movie or did I not have fun watching this movie? And I didn't have fun watching the X-Men movies a lot of the time. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I don't like ranking things unless it comes to Nick Cage movies. And then they're all at least a one. Um, but can I have words? Luckily, Andy has created a beautiful grading system, um, all their own for our process. So we'll see. We'll see where we land on on some of those things. Maybe not so much a solid rank rank from you, but you can come in with the 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 gentle touch of just like eh, maybe we don't rewatch that one. Um, but I will say I watched all the movies recently, and I, I have some opinions. Room. So. I'm excited to get to that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. Because <laughs> I'm going to be a jalapeno pepper, I am sure, in that conversation. But anyway. Um, so part of your uh, homework that we did not assign, by the way, Andy's just that fantastic of a guest. Um, yeah. So if you're listening, get them. They're amazing and they will make your show oh, better. Please. Thank you, um, thank you. Part of your homework, you uh, came up with the, the pillar eras of X-Men. Uh, and so wanted to open up the floor for you to walk us through that a little bit uh, for a time. So if you are a hardcore X-Men fan, you could, I'm sure, debate me on this. But I have broken the X-Men comics into five eras that I would consider to be the most important uh, kind of umbrellas of uh, X-Men eras in the comics. And if I don't mention what you consider to be your favorite, like, time period of X-Men comics, it in my mind, it just falls into one of these other eras. So it starts in with the original series in 1963 to 1970. It's a 66 issue run created by Stan Lee, and it sucks. Those comics are <laughs> those comics are not good. It they was were, canceled for a reason. They were, they were not critically acclaimed in that seven year time period. There's only 66 issues. So like they weren't even coming out with issues every month. It's really bad. There's, there's not much going on there. There's some cool villains and there's, there's a couple of like seeds of ideas, but it, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Uh, X-Men is then dead for five years until it's revived with giant size X-Men number one. And Chris Claremont then takes over. And the Claremont run is from 1975 to 1991, which is unheard of in comic books. The fact that he wrote the same story for 16 years yeah. is nuts. It's never happened again. This is like a standout thing in comics. And not only does it change comic books forever, but the Claremont run influenced how like stories are told in pop culture like there mm. are tons of really influential tv writers who said that uh because they read claremont that influenced how they then like made tv so his interesting his fingers are like out there and have influenced a ton of stuff um this is where the mutant metaphor comes from. So the idea of like mutants being discriminated against and being an allegory comes from the Claremont era. Stanley didn't do that stuff. Stanley loves to say that he did the Martin Luther King, Malcolm X thing, which is like a, a not a good allegory. No, and no. It's not great. And like Stanley, you didn't, you didn't even do that. That's Claremont. Right. Stop it, Stan. Um, 
all of your favorite X-Men characters come from this time period. All of the best X-Men stories come from this time period. Uh, the Dark Phoenix Saga, the Brood Saga, Days of Future Past, the Demon Bear, um, Mutant Massacre, Inferno. These are all like really legendary X-Men stories. They're all from this time period. Mm. Um, it's really dope. I highly recommend reading it. Um, after that, the Morrison era from 2001 to 2004 is short-lived, but uh, Morrison is extremely queer. And their run of X-Men stories is extremely queer. And he really takes the idea of if the mutants are a minority group, what does their minority culture look like? Hmm. Um, and it, it really, it really revolutionized the X-Men moving forward uh, with the, the allegory. Like if Claremont created it, Morrison refined it. Hmm. Um, the decimation happens in 2005. Wanda, uh, the Scarlet Witch depowers uh, all mutants except for 200. And there was literally like a chart in the back of the comics with what 200 mutants still had their superpowers. Uh, it sucked. And <laughs> uh, mutants were de like depowered from 2005 to 2019. Um, Wanda, Wanda really screwed us, y'all. Wanda, Wanda really done did a bad thing. Um, she said no more mutants. Um, this is why so I hate that. I, I've seen that panel. So that's yeah. what that's in reference to. Yeah. Wanda went crazy because she <laughs> was a woman with. Known to do. She yeah. was a woman with too much power. So she went crazy. And uh, it, it was a really sexist storyline. And it really screwed the X-Men over. And it's because Marvel didn't have the film rights, y'all. Mm. Um. Thankfully, though, we... Oh, and there there are some great stories in there, though. Kieran Gillen's run is really good. Uh, uh, I, I personally love the Fraction and Rosenberg runs because Cyclops is great in them, and I love Cyclops. Um, so your mileage may vary in this era, but there's a lot of good gems, and there's a lot of garbage. Mm -hmm. And uh, the X-Men was kind of dead for 15 years. Like, they were... Marvel was really trying to de-emphasize them and elevate things like the Inhumans and stuff. They mm. were elevating properties that they had the film rights to. Sure. Um, and then the current era is the Krakoa era, started by Jonathan Hickman with the uh, soft reboot House of X Powers of Ten. And it's freaking amazing. Uh, mm. This era is really, really freaking good. If you've never read an X-Men comic, you could dive in here, theoretically, and uh get caught up fast and he the writers hickman's team he's got a whole team working for him uh is taking the best stuff from the claremont era and the morrison era and kind of doing their own thing with it now mm -hmm. um so i it's 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 a fun time gotcha well i mean and like as far as modernizing and continuing the storytelling it's it's good to because what i really don't like is series that are like all right we're gonna start fresh and we're gonna do nothing like the last guy and i i feel like you cut yourself off from some good things brought in and inspired by the the, the previous uh author in the previous helm mm -hmm. that could be refreshed for sure but you don't have to always start from scratch um any more than you have to redo what the last guy did like we don't always have to have dark phoenix in every 
uh, reboot. No. You know, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, really don't. Um, and so, but it's like there's these cornerstones where it's just like either we don't do them because they're cornerstones, or we constantly redo them because they're cornerstones, but we never quite build on them. Um, so to find a series that it that it is doing that is something to uh, jump in, support, and, and definitely enjoy while it lasts because it's rare, I think. So I wrote five categories that are vital to making a good X-Men adaptation mm. based on what I consider to be... For <laughs> X? So 10 <laughs> is the highest that it can be ranked, each category. So yeah. the highest Rank score is 50. X. If you got a 10 in a category, that's a perfect score. And I did put an X for X-Men uh, in my little chart here. I, 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 you, did, I did a lot of number crunching. Um... So these categories are how true to it, like how does it honor the source material? Mm. Um, the baseball rule, which is uh, the the X Men love to play baseball in the comics. Uh, it's a great team sport. My my, my like most controversial X Men take is that the baseball scene in the first Twilight movie is the best X Men movie that we've ever gotten, and the fact that it's a like four minute scene in Twilight breaks my heart but that is the best <laughs> x-men adaptation it's the best scene in that entire series of movies i mean it's really good i it's can really, believe really that is the sad part um considering i know the content around that scene have you never seen the twilight movie uh no um i did watch vampire suck though uh starring matt latner voice of anakin skywalker from clone wars by the way um He's been in some garbage. He has yes. been. I am yeah. so glad Star Wars happened to him. <laughs> yeah. He's really talented, but he's been in some bad stuff. Oh, so yeah. Seems like the, he base, has fun, though. the baseball rule is like, do the do we see the characters having fun? Do we see the characters enjoying being mutants? Hmm. If it's just all drama and all angst, that's that's part of X-Men, but that's not all X-Men is. Hmm. Um how's the teamwork? So X-Men fight unfairly. Like X-Men will like fight you five on one and have no problem doing it. Like Storm will take out a knife and stab you. Uh, Storm <laughs> loves knives. Uh, the X-Men fight dirty and they fight as a team. And the Avengers are co-workers. The X-Men are family. Mm. Oh, and that's so how's, good. how's the teamwork in the combat? Like if they're going off fighting one by like one v one in the fight scenes, that's bad. That's how the mm. Avengers do it. That's not how the X Men do it. That's how the movies do it. <laughs> how, how's the mutant metaphor handled? So mm. the mutant metaphor uh, can track onto lots of different minority identities, and it's not a one to one allegory to any of them. But things like uh, disability, uh, Jewishness. Uh, being a minority faith, like being uh, Muslim, is is like a newer one that's been like getting more traction in the comics mm. through certain characters. Um, being uh, a racial minority, so um, uh, Chris Claremont really brought that in with characters like Storm, and then um, other characters like Bishop and um, Sunfire. Not Sunfire. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I I get this mixed up. Uh, Roberto, uh, Roberto DeCasto. I am blanking on his superhero name, but characters like that who are black and also mutants. Um, and then like queer identities uh, is a big one that X-Men uh, 
it's there a lot, but it's not frequently said out loud. So that can be a little frustrating. Uh, but how does the adaptation handle that sort of thing? And then the last category is, is it a horny soap opera? <laughs> um, the X-Men comics are soap operas and they're incredibly horny. And a big thing about X-Men comics is who's sleeping with who, who has a crush on who. Uh, this character Very has a crush true. on that character, but they, they told this character who has a secret crush on them. And now that person is jealous and it's, it's, a mess and they're all living together in a big house and the the comics are very very horny so uh if you're gonna do an x-men adaptation it needs to be a soap opera i i mean i agree with that i like yes because and you mentioned it well with the the allegory of family um there also comes the family drama which is the best part of soap operas um like the fact that me gosh has to be close to 20 years later saw that bow is coming back to days of our lives and i'm still like <gasps> oh my gosh like it shows like the staying power of soap opera drama yes. uh and whatnot so yeah well, that, that was something that claremont did was he would bring characters in and then have them leave and then have them come back later mm. so like different characters leaving the team would break your heart you'd be like no like I love this character. I don't want them to go off and like do something else. But then right. sure enough, you know, nine months later, three years later, because Claremont was there for so long, he'd bring them back. And then it was like a big event that like so-and-so is coming back to the X mansion, like yeah. all the drama of it. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's something, and, and that's the benefit to long lasting, but also like um, long standing leadership in that you get to plan long term you don't go mm -hmm. by the week to week you don't go by a six month uh contract you go by this is my grand scheme um and so i think that I, that's part of the thing that hasn't been replicated with x-men i think in a lot of things since claremont is the longevity of things mm -hmm. um and and i understand it's hard to bake that in you can kind of force it too much to where uh, it drags on and then it's got no interest. So no one does care when people leave or come back or when new series eventually happen. Um, but I, I think there was a magic formula there where they just kind of were like, hey, you've got this figured out. Let's let you do your thing. And like you said, it was a course changing kind of decision uh, for sure for X-Men and, and beyond. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and, um, and I like how you mentioned, and, and that's the beautiful thing that I think X-Men does. Marvel does incorporate and has in its history incorporated some representation. Some people claim it was their, uh, flag to plant some, it, it wasn't. Um, but the, the beautiful thing I think of X-Men is at some point they decided that it is meant to represent something. It's not, um, it's not necessarily up to question. Now, it can be up to your experience what it represents. Mm -hmm. Maybe it represents your ethnicity. Maybe it represents your orientation. Maybe it represents, um, you know, current politics or uh, any number of other things. Religion, even. I, I really like, actually, how much X-Men is one of the only series that features religion um, quite, quite frequently. Dis disability is another really big one with mm -hmm. X-Men. Yeah. And and so that's that's why there's never... There's never bad, well, representation for the sake of representation, like tokenism, 
is bad representation. That's not what I uh, am meaning to say. But that's why there's never, because I see comments all the time of when is it enough? When, like, don't we have, like, we've got a couple of black guys over there. We've got a queer over there. We've got two women over there. Isn't, aren't we good on representation right now? And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, well, no, <laughs> uh, yeah. there's always more we can do. And there's always better that we can do as well. And we shouldn't settle for less. Like, Absolutely. Andy, you convinced me to watch Our Flag Means Death. And I yes. do not. Re- I I recommend it so much. Oh my god! And <laughs> I was I, in the other room. I could hear the glee, but I was not present for the you glee. You heard all of the giggling and all of the. Oh Look, I've been, and I'm just quantifying this, okay? Because somebody is going to come after me of like, why didn't you watch it? You were I've, watching X Men. I've and and I've been busy with Skywalker Saga. It's true. Uh, so don't at me because I've just made it to the sequel trilogy, and I'm very happy. It. Um, oh for sure for sure but anyway season two when please someone tell me um i the prevailing thought that i had during that entire show was i we could have had this for years Mm -hmm. this is a show that was made for people like me and like we what have i been settling for all this time and you know it you know what, Andy? You might have convinced me to read some dang comics. <laughs> so I I had stopped reading Marvel comics because of a story called Brand New Day. It was a Spider-Man story. And I hated it. And I was like, I think I'm done with Marvel for a while. Mm. X-Men at the time was also pretty bad. So I, I, didn't, I didn't have any qualms about leaving. And um, I heard that there was uh, an Iceman solo series after Iceman had come out. That was all about middle-aged Iceman trying to figure out what it meant to be gay and be a mutant and going on dates and learning how to like learning what it meant to be a queer adult. Hmm. And I heard people complaining about that and saying, this sucks. Why would anyone want to read an X-Men comic like this? Who cares about Iceman coming out to his parents? And I was like, that is all I want to read about in a comic <laughs> book. Exactly. This sounds amazing. So I had no idea what was going on with the X-Men at the time because X-Men continuity is at times a nightmare, Mm. but I didn't care. I picked it up and uh, I read the whole thing. And after reading, I I read that about the same time I saw Black Sails, which is another gay pirate show. And I said, like, I was like, why isn't all media like this? Like, why am I reading books about heteros when I could be reading amazing stuff written by queer authors telling authentic queer stories. Uh, Mm. So I don't read books anymore unless there's queer characters in it. Mm. Uh, I made a rule to myself after reading that. I was like, I'm never going to read another book unless there's queer representation in it. And I've been way happier since then. So Mm -hmm. high key recommend it. Yeah. Well, and and to, to that point that justice said, like, Representation does matter. It does mm-hmm. mean a yeah. lot to see yourself in stories. And characters exactly. like Bishop and Sunspot, Jesus, that's Roberto's name. Characters like Sunspot, characters like Knew Storm. Would happen. Sunspot and Sunfire, I get them mixed up all the time, uh, are like really important black characters that there weren't black characters like that in comics at the time. Like Storm is the first female black lead of any superhero team. Mm. that's huge Mm -hmm. and she's awesome 
Right. Uh, I used to think that Storm was a bad character, or not a bad character. I used to think that Storm wasn't a character for me mm. because uh, I knew she was an important character and I knew people liked her. But I just kind of assumed that, oh, like I've never connected with her. So she must be, you know, written for a, a, a person that, you know, I can't relate to. And that's fine. Like not every character has to be for me. And no, I was completely wrong. I had only seen bad Storm adaptations. And it wasn't until I went and read good comics with Storm where I was like, oh my goodness, Storm is amazing. She's hands down one of my favorite characters now. And like people have just mishandled her constantly. And that's Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. Um, And that's a really good point though too of just like, because of the variety of cast, especially with a huge series like X-Men, there's going to be characters that don't represent you that you can still relate to with the right story uh, and with the right approach. Um, just because they don't represent you doesn't mean they're not for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like that's such an interesting thing I've been like wrestling with in the conversations around representation, um, mostly with Star Wars, because that's a lot of what we're steeped in. Uh, here at Nerd Herder, but and in, in, it, it's everywhere. It, it, it everywhere is trying to uh, make strides to represent either out of necessity or out of uh, uh, passion and interest. Um, you know, the Halo series. I never thought I would be thinking about it, but the fact that a Halo series is advancing representation in ways um, when when they get it right. Yes, uh, when they get <laughs> I'll it put right. it up, but. Nonetheless, you know, it's just that just because that doesn't represent a lot of people that I'm sure are watching that because a lot of people watching Halo probably look like me. um, It doesn't mean that it's it's not a character for you, too. Like, I I think there's something so interesting in opening up our 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 eyes to not just see and not just accept representation for them. That character is for them, but to Mm -hmm. also just see representative characters as characters. And, and and journey along with them just like we would any other character that does maybe represent us more closely if that makes sense i don't yeah. know if it makes sense yeah i i get what you're saying yeah so but i love that um but so if we're ever to make any progress we've got to dive buckle in, in. yeah right buckle in folks um do the the cross buckles there's not like a great audio example of like an x buckle but x buckle yourself like in. the really really dumb jet buckles did, did they have x buckles in the jet they did have okay x i was gonna say that'd jet. be such a missed opportunity if they didn't do that they were dumb. they were x's for that x-men anyway andy please talk <laughs> sure so so i mean i did every everything oh i did every on-screen <laughs> adaptation except for uh the gifted because i haven't watched the gifted because the gifted sounded terrible uh, i'm sure i'll watch it at some point but uh i did oh and I, I haven't watched the anime yet um i do a podcast called ending pending where we cover tv shows that have only lasted for a single season and that's been on our list and i haven't watched it yet so i'm gonna get to it i promise but um yeah, I, I went in kind of sections. So first is live action movies, uh, starting with X1. Have you guys seen X1? Yes. yes. Okay. So 
so we're talking. We're ta- there's, unless there's a different X one. No. Nope. Because somebody no. asked me the other day if I had seen Fantastic Four, and I was very surprised and find out that they meant like that ridiculous, like bombastic, like early nineties, ninety two. The made for TV one. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, no. I love that version. Why have you seen? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what in the world? I thought you were talking about the one with checklists. Oh my god! It, it's the only good Doctor Doom adaptation we've ever gotten. <laughs> but th- that's a whole another discussion. That, that, Goodness, that is another episode, and I am perfectly willing to do it because I actually have some kind words for Fan Four Stick. Actually, um, so <laughs> I, I have kind words for a scene in Fan Four Stick. I, I'm, it's probably the same scene. Exactly. Um, so anyway, but yes, X One. Uh, which was 90... 99, I think. 99, yeah. or I was going to say 97, 98, or 99. I know it was later. It was coming yeah. into the, the millennia. Why my parents took five-year-old me to see that, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, I remember buying this at Kroger. I didn't see it in theaters. I've seen none of these films in theaters. I saw this on VHS, and for some reason they had it at Kroger. Right, because we didn't go see Old Man Logan in theaters. Mm-mm. We stayed up and watched that on New Year's Eve with some friends. Yes, we did. That was a lovely time. So, this movie is pretty good. Um, I would say it's a good superhero movie, and it's a pretty, pretty good X Men movie. Uh, I gave it a twenty-six out of fifty in my ranking, which uh, is actually very high. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm pretty brutal to a lot of these, but I mean, um, hey, fair's fair. Be be true, Andy. Yeah, be true. I uh, it it lost some points on how I feel it handled the mute metaphor and the baseball rule. We don't really mm-hmm. see characters having fun, no. but uh, it got good points for teamwork, uh, for being a horny soap opera, and for being decently true to the source material. It yeah. and what the the thing with this one. I will say, and with the original trilogy of X films, is they started very strong, very fast with the soap opera uh, love triangle. Yes. Quote, unquote, love triangle thing they had going on. Um, I I hate the Gene Scott Logan love triangle. Uh, like, I love in the comics right now that the three of them are just sleeping together. Awesome. I think that's amazing. Uh, they have a connected bedroom in their house on the moon and they're living their best lives. And it's great. Um, uh, the best horny soap opera stuff for me in this is mystique is just like dripping horny sex appeal constantly. I I don't know how they got that in. Like, yeah, she's like <laughs> licking stuff, and like she's just having so much fun being evil. Right. And uh, <laughs> Xavier and Magneto are married. Yes, yes. Ian um, McKillen went into this saying Magneto's a gay man, and mm-hmm. I love that. Their their dynamic was better for his uh, head cannon coming in. I don't always like. There's some actors that form a head cannon that's particularly their own and doesn't necessarily find truth in the the material you can say jared leto (laughs) and i feel like it suffers for that but then there's times where it's just like no that is the best way you could absolutely um approach that i mean they did the same thing with uh finn and poe um Mm -hmm. and and i think 
that relationship dynamic was better for it. And I think that's why it's such an honest yes. relationship. Um, but Mystique, I will say, um, too, is I get such, and obviously it predates her, but I get such Ventress vibes um, yeah. from that of just like, mm -hmm. how did we get this in? Because Clone Wars is way more of a kid's show. It's not, it's not a kid's show, but it's way more of a kid's show than this was. Uh, and they still got a good bit of that like evil villainous sex appeal in there. And I was oh, yeah. I, I was astonished every time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how they worked Mystique in or got that passed to the, the board. On paper, I don't like the idea that Mystique is Magneto's like lieutenant in this. Like in the comics, they kind of hate each other and she's never worked for him. She mm. has her own brotherhood and Magneto is off being a good guy by the point that she like comes around. Mm -hmm. But uh, their dynamic in this is so fun that I don't even mind. And fun fact, this created like X one is the reason why in the comics, Magneto's helmet blocks telepaths. That was really? something made for the movies that then made its way into the comics. In the comics, he just wore the <laughs> helmet because he's a dramatic fashionista. Darth Vader. Yeah, it's just it's just you know everything is extra. Um, Why do that's I own a pair of horns? Because they're fun to wear around the house. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I I like to like we don't really get the mystique I'm most uh, a fan of, which Evolutions does, which is sort of the Star Scream approach to mystique of kind of well the, the usurping like it's the same thing of like she she's got her own agenda the whole time and mm -hmm. um I, I think that was an interesting dynamic because when it's all all magneto all the time uh, or the only way you escalate from magneto is to go to dark side or something like that not dark side apocalypse um all the big purple boys in my head are the same um like it's just such a leap you go from magnet boy to like infinite power boy and it's just too much so having someone else who's probably as wise but more street smart than magneto i thought was an interesting dynamic evolutions took mystique in the comics is the worst person ever she <laughs> will stab anyone in the back she will do deranged um like schemes like when she found out mystique is like an immortal lesbian and her and her lesbian wife irene adler yes irene adler from the sherlock holmes books is uh, canonically the same Irene Adler that Mystique is married to because Mystique is canonically Sherlock Holmes. I gotta get uh, she <laughs> she was presenting as a man and was a crime-solving lesbian detective with her wife. Um, that's here that's Marvel Comics canon. Uh, but like, she found out that their adopted daughter, Rogue, was dating Gambit in the comics. And she was like, well, I hate Gambit, so I'm going to... Uh, try and get gambit to cheat on my daughter with me by uh like trying to be like a sexy catholic schoolgirl at xavier's and i know that gambit sucks and then i'll tell rogue and she'll break up with him and gambit <laughs> is like fine like figures it out and he's like what is wrong with you like why couldn't you just have a conversation with us right and mystique was like yeah you'll never catch me and like disappears <laughs> um until like, next time <laughs> she she attacks Magneto at the Holocaust Memorial. Like she works for the U S government and then like kills a bunch of people and then impersonates them. Like Mystique is always doing like deranged 
evil stuff. Like, and I love her. Like, yes, work girl. Like, do your evil plan. Like, go for it. Have have a blast. Burn the world down. Right. Uh, But then X one turns her into Vanna White. She's a bit. She's a bit more of like a. She's not quite a henchman because Magneto seems to enjoy her. He doesn't like Toad or Sabretooth. Right. For sure. Uh, so like he did he did not weep over their loss. Like I mean, if you fast forward to X three, uh I, I there was genuine, I think, remorse that that he lost her. Mm-hmm. As a mutant at least. Yeah. But um yeah, Mystique in this, she's not comic book Mystique. She's not like as zany, I guess. She's not as like conniving, but uh she's incredible. Love mm. her. Absolutely. Um so what about your rank for X2? So X2 ranks higher. Uh, it ends up with a 31 out of 50. Um, it is middle of the road for source material, the baseball rule, and teamwork. Uh, we really don't see people having fun except for Pyro. And his version <laughs> of fun is lighting humans on fire. I mean. And, and I, I do love that for him. <laughs> um but it gets a six for horny soap opera. So a little down from X1. It's a little less horny, but it gets an X for the mutant metaphor. Yes. 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 So the thing that breaks my heart with this movie is it's based on God loves man kills, which is an amazing Claremont comic uh, where the main villain is William Stryker. But instead of a general, he's a reverend and he's mm-hmm. specifically based on Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell. Mm. And I went to Jerry Falwell's school, so I have a lot of feelings about Jerry Falwell. And I think it was a huge misstep to make him a generic military guy. Mm. Like, the evil of Reverend Stryker is that he is a religious zealot who believes he speaks for God. Mm. And, like, the imagery of him crucifying Charles Xavier... And the imagery of his followers, uh, the book opens with two of his followers lynching two black children because they think they're mutants. Mm. And it's it's excruciatingly difficult to read. There are parts of it that have not aged perfectly. It was written in the 70, late 70s, early 80s. Mm. Um, but the the intention, I think, is there from Claremont. And he is saying stuff. And I sure. think this movie to say like, Oh, we're doing God loves man kills. And we have one black character and she doesn't really do anything. And we're going to remove the Christianity stuff from the villain. And we don't like Kitty and Magneto are also two stars of this story. And they're both Jewish. And that is also very powerful. So uh, the movie loses some points there for me, Uh, but I think it's a banger and it still holds up really well. Yeah, I think for me, it does perfectly with the representation as a as a film in and of itself. It is when you make that comparison, and I didn't realize um, Reverend Striker was a thing. And, but yes, when you pull back, because that I mean has historically uh, the church has upheld bigotry, um, still does in a lot of ways, and so mm-hmm. to uh, kind of dance around uh, that kind of does lighten the representation um, in this one, because I think having the um, 
the scene with uh, Iceman and his family mm, uh, the literal was coming out. Scene. Yeah, uh, it, it was so pivotal, um, I think. And and I think that was the one because the first film I remember watching as a kid and not really getting I, I this was just a superhero movie. And to be fair, I was a kid, but I remember watching this one and not having room for this is telling me something, you know, th- this is representing something. Iceman blowing on the soda bottle and handing it back to Logan is branded into every gay boy's mind who watched this in the early 2000s. It's it's something. And then there's the coming out scene. And then like Pyro in the comics is he's he's gay. Like they have not ever been able to fully say it because Jim Shooter is a huge bigot and wouldn't let claremont say stuff like that and we've had people trying to get other characters out of the closet for like 40 years now mm-hmm. and pyro is one of them uh but but like comic book pyro is very gay uh even if it hasn't been said and so like magneto and mystique like taking him in like taking this like angry queer young man who like doesn't have a place to like place his rage and then like being sassy on the X jet and then like adopting him and Magneto being like, you're a God among men. Like, don't let anyone tell you differently. Like he's like, don't hide your light under a bushel. Let it shine. Like burn the heteronormatives down. Like it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Which honestly, if I got that kind of encouragement, I'm not sure that I wouldn't turn to the dark side. I, 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 I was going to say, I was there for that family drama. I would, also, I would, it, I would watch that show. It, it seems really obvious to me that like, Pyro is jealous of Rogue. Mm. Like Pyro is jealous that Bobby pays attention to Rogue. Right. Um yeah, I love it. X2 rules. The conversion therapy stuff with uh Jason Stryker is mm-hmm. also like it's right there. It's very apparent. It's very brutal. Yeah. Um yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. I, I think it's some of the better uh they've done in film. Like, I, 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 and I don't feel bad about saying that necessarily. No. You don't. Quality you don't want to think about it. You don't want to think about it too much. But the fact that in the astral plane, Jason is a little girl, mm-hmm. is yeah. not subtle. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. Well, and and again, there's so much in this, and a, and a lot of it centering around Bobby and Stryker and his son. For me, as a kid, it, it was very hard to miss this was bigger than just I'm supposed to like watch and have fun and, and yeah. enjoy superheroes. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm learning something. Right. Um, and, and that's why I say like quality wise, I mean, there's some here and there's, but I think as far as like, if you want good X-Men content, I think X2 is some of the better, mm-hmm. um, you know, the storytelling and, and maybe some acting gets better in other films, but um, I, I think this one hits a lot of marks very well for me. It's better than most of the MCU. Ooh. It is. That is a hot jalapeno take. It is, yeah. I I mean, the thing is, like, I I get, I can get a lot of um, people's opinions about the MCU. Um, It's one of those things that it's hard to compare to me, uh, like, X-Men to anything MCU. Because oh, comes, they're so different. 
Yeah, it comes it, it comes from an era where I think they were trying so hard to be comic book movies. They were trying to be comic book in film, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas MCU is not trying to do anything but good film. I think, um, and so I think sometimes it's that. But there's, I, I will say, MCU every every film has a nugget, is what I've come to learn. It's not a whole film in and of itself. Sometimes, sometimes it's just one scene that I find is really why I like this so much. It's really mm-hmm. weird because. Generally, I watch a film for the film. I don't watch it for five minutes, but um, there's so many M- MCU films where it's the five minutes. That's what I want. That's what gave me the little good feelies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's really interesting. Uh, we we luckily plan uh, to explore the MCU a little bit more uh, ahead of the calendar there's in Nerdiverse. So, so there is. Nice. There is yeah. a lot. Uh, so I don't Speaking think I said my final score for X2, but it got a 31 out of 50, which is the highest I've ranked any of the movies. Mm, so we're already at the peak. Now it's all yeah. downhill. Yay. Uh, speaking speaking of, of downhill, X3. I hate this movie. So, um, so I, for me, it lost a lot of points on being true to the source material and the baseball rule. We don't see any characters having fun. No. no um, didn't have fun. It ranked higher than X2 on teamwork. We actually see people like combining their powers uh, a yeah. little bit. Um, and it ranked okay on the mutant metaphor and that's mostly just because of angel mm-hmm. uh the angel trans stuff here Ooh. is like that that for me was like i remember being fresh and that's the one opinion that hasn't changed about this movie for me is being so frustrated that we get a great uh angel's just the bookend yeah, like really no presence, he, and he I, doesn't do anything. But that scene at the opening, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I have been the scared little kid in the bathroom playing with makeup, and then all of a sudden, a parent knocks on the door and says, "Like, hey, it's time for dinner," and I'm now panicking, trying to, mm-hmm. like, let me hide me. Yeah, uh, I gotta like. Me. I gotta yeah. get this shit. Oh, I gotta like scrub this off my face. Yeah. Like he's taking the grater to his wings. And it just hits so hard. And like definitely Brian Singer's a terrible person. He did the first two. Brett Ratner is a terrible person. He did this one. But like there are moments here that transcend the very bad people at the helms of these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, that's people realize um with storytelling. Uh, it did not rank very high for being a horny soap opera either. But uh, mm-hmm. this ended up being a 23 out of 50. Um, I don't hate X3 as much as other people do. Because I think that there's some stuff here that's good. I like the Brotherhood a lot. Mm. Uh, we don't get like enough of them. But um, I love all of the Iceman stuff with Kitty Pride. Uh, Elliot Page is great. And this is accidentally a gay romance now because kitty is trans and bobby yeah so like i i'm very tickled by that um and i love the the bobby pyro stuff um we need to I think start ranking movies retroactively gay <laughs> my another big issue i have with these is like this isn't ian mckellen's fault because ian mckellen is perfect and flawless but these movies seem to think that magneto isn't a true believer in his cause and that really bugs me so the idea that like Magneto would like purposely let any of his mutants get hit with the cure mm-hmm. 
I find very upsetting. The fact that Magneto says he wants to use the cure on mutants who stand in his way, I find very upsetting. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that Magneto wasn't willing to die and wanted to sacrifice Rogue in the first movie, I don't buy that at all. Like, yeah. well, Magneto isn't a true believer in these. He's always willing to, like, let someone else die for him. And to me, that just isn't Magneto. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a classic film villain. It's less of a Magneto um, representation. And, and uh, you know, that was the one thing for me with that started in X2 and kind of continued here in some of the scenes that you mentioned. Um, you know, I, I think some of his manipulation of people in X2 uh, and the, the, the sort of treating folks like pawns in the brotherhood in this one really step outside of, because kind of like you said, the true believer concept of it of is if he's like gaslighting you, it's because he believes what he's telling you, not necessarily just to manipulate you into a place, into a pace uh, place. I can speak um, where you, you serve him. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas sometimes with this, it's just the, no, I'm evil. I I'm going to just kind of put you in a position to do, do this thing. Cause I think it's going to be interesting to see, not because it adds any value to the cause. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that. I, I got to mention this in the chat. Justice said the horny soap opera scene, uh, Gene and, uh, Logan in the infirmary. And like, yeah, yeah that scene is very hot. Like it's so yeah. very, very horny, but not very soap opera. Is it, I think on that one. So it did get some, like, it, it got a four out of ten. And um, I think the infirmary scene is, is quite good. Yeah. Um, the tent scene is also very good. I, 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 I'm going to hold off on my, like, Dark Phoenix of it all thoughts for when we get to Dark Phoenix. But uh, this movie and its handling of Jean Grey is very sexist. And um, I'm going to yeah. unload, I think, all of that at once when we get to the new dark Phoenix, but um, I'm good to move on to first class. If y'all are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll say for me, Oh, sorry. The... X-Men origins. Wolverine is next. Yeah. Um, th- th- for, for me, the only thing I really have with X-Men three is I definitely didn't hate it as much when I rewatched everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some value to these first three films, watching them pretty straight together, which is kind of how I did it. Um, I, I binged every, like period itself so the trilogy and then the sort of uh then i did the x-men or not the x-men the wolverine movies together mm-hmm. so uh origins and then wolverine and then logan and then i did the sort of reboot-esque um young the, kids version yeah mm-hmm. the first class generation yeah um definitely so my, watched better that way my biggest issue with these first three is what leads into x-men origins wolverine which is that these movies are only interested in logan Mm-hmm. And the X-Men at its core is a comic book about women. All of the main characters, all the, PO, the main POV characters in the most influential and best stories are young women who have joined the X-Men. So it starts with Kitty and then we get Rogue and then we get Ileana and then we get... Um, uh jubilee and then Mm. you know like it just we we get these young women who are like learning how to be superheroes and joining the x-men and like being introduced to this new world and for these movies to be like logan's the pov it's like what 
So <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine uh, got a two out of 50. Um, two? It, yeah. <laughs> uh, it gets a two for source material um, because there are characters who have the proper names. Um, but then it gets a zero in the baseball rule. It gets a zero in teamwork. It gets a zero for the mutant metaphor and it gets a zero for being a horny soap opera. Um, it, it, <laughs> it's a terrible X-Men movie. It, it might be an okay Wolverine movie. Um, but boy, howdy. It's a it's, great Deadpool movie. It's, I will kill said no one ever. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible X-Men movie. Um, um, you're not wrong there for sure. I'm just surprised it got so so low. Um, I like I like Taylor Lautner as Gambit, but he doesn't do anything. Like, no. I thought the Sabretooth recast was 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 fine, but he doesn't like get to be Sabretooth really, and yeah. like. Well, and the fact that the, this still tries to exist in a continuity where that's still Sabretooth from the first one somehow yeah, makes no sense. Like, I, I, and, I, I always remembered that. Like, I, I, I kind of liked Leif Schreiber, but um, knowing where he ended up always, like, made it kind of a bitter enjoyment. I was like, I, I don't really, I can't really like it like it no. uh, because I know where this is going to end up. And, like... The worst thing you can do, like I, I, I used to say that I hated Wolverine, and it wasn't until, just like uh, with other characters, it wasn't until I read the Claremont run that I was like, oh, I think I like this character now. Mm. Logan works best as a supporting character. He cannot be your main character because if he's your main character, you have to know things about him. And Logan only works when he's really mysterious and you don't know anything about him. Mm. And so the fact that they were like, we're going to tell you everything about the Fox universe's Logan's origin. And it's like, wow, this was all way less interesting than what I was imagining. And like the scenes in the first X-Men movie are way more brutal and excruciating than any of the weapon X scenes we get in this movie. So it's like, how, how is the two minutes we get of flashbacks of Logan way more interesting than a whole movie about that? It's I'm I'm really wondering what happened with the grading of this one, because, um, I mean, that the whole uh, him getting his power sequence is completely dialed down. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a kid's TV version. Um, compared, and not that it has to be gory or um, excessive, but like it, it should have a level of trauma to it. It needs to make you feel something. Right. This didn't do any of that. And it wasn't like it's like they didn't even try to of everything else like we did get a glimpse of what this looks like they didn't try to even replicate that and it's just a very interesting choice on their part um this 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 is not a great movie for me for sure mm-hmm. um i i think there are folks in it that take it seriously and have a good time i think there's folks in it that are getting a paycheck and then i think there's other people that don't know what they're doing there mm-hmm. um and one of them is the director, I feel like. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah, and I want to stress again that my rating is just like, how good is of this is uh, is it as an X-Men adaptation? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, the, the Constantine movie uh, is a terrible Hellblazer movie. It is not a good Constantine movie, but it's an amazing movie. Mm. I love that movie. I will watch yeah, that, that movie all day, 
like it's the Keanu of it all is fantastic, <laughs> but it's not a very good like Constantine. Sure. Movie. But uh, moving on to first class, um, this ranks pretty high. Um, uh, it lost a lot of points on the source material of it, like of, of trying to honor the source material, but it picked up a ton of points on the baseball rule. It picked up points on showing characters using teamwork. It ranked an eight for being a horny soap opera. And it lost some points on being a mutant metaphor. Mm. Yeah. I, I can see that. That, that movie is... makes some weird choices. So the parts where it like really lost points were uh, with it being uh, true to the source material. Characters like Darwin, who his power is that he cannot die. He will adapt to anything, no matter what. And it's really it's really fun to see him get put in these bonkers scenarios and seeing how he'll adapt. Like one of my favorite examples is the Hulk attacked him and it just teleported Darwin across the country (laughs) because the safest way to fight the Hulk is to not be there and not to fight the Hulk. So the fact that he dies is heartbreaking. They really screw Emma Frost over and I, I adore Emma. She's easily in my top five X-Men. And she's just totally mishandled. Um, and to try and do the mutant metaphor with an all-white cast after Darwin dies, mm-hmm. and the only other character of color joins the evil Nazi is just like, right, y'all, like, Believe what are you doing more. here? Uh, so I would say that this is a great Charles and Eric movie. Like, it's really horny for their romance and their breakup. But it's not the best like X Men movie, uh, and it doesn't seem interested in the mutant metaphor. Like that—that that was what I was gonna say. Is th- this continued what started in Origins for me with this? Is they stopped trying to really do anything representative with the uh, storytelling. They just tried to make a movie about interesting characters, and they reduced down representation to characters and and everything like that and i think that's why for me um a good bit of the first class era doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. um because so much of it is like you said it gets down to it's just really um eric and charles yeah that's what makes it and and honestly it leans a lot on fassbender um and it that can only take it so far so much as hugh jackman can only take uh wolverine so far at some point the movie and the content has to be good too uh it's the only movie we see charles xavier teaching people how to use their powers Mm -hmm. which like that montage is amazing i absolutely love that montage um it the the cast makes like the roster of x-men makes no gosh darn sense and you just kind of have to ignore it and no one's acting like their characters except for Charles and Eric. Like Mystique isn't Mystique. Uh, I guess Hank is Hank, but like that's not Banshee. That's not Havoc. That's yeah. not Darwin. That's not Angel Salvatore. That's not Emma Frost. That's not even Sebastian Shaw. You just have to like accept that th- these are these are brand new inventions and, and just they are their own. Just roll uh, with it. But, yeah. Uh, and when that's that, and, and again, you know, and. It, that's that movie for me. I remember, and I thought, I, was this your favorite for a while? 
it was for a while just because of uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender flirting with each other the entire movie. Gotcha. The, the, um, part, the part with the gun and then Hanukkah and then the submarine. It's oh, it's so it's good. It's so good. And so, but for the majority of it, it does do that where it's like that, like suspend anything. And I don't even know that much about X-Men, but suspend anything more than this is about two guys putting together a team and doing a thing. Like it, it just, it feels, it, yeah, it just feels very, very, very reduced, which maybe was a safe play. And I think that's why a lot of people do like it as far as the films go is it is it is a safe play it's it's um i think in ways a better teamwork film than um some others and i think by dialing back the drama you get more people in for the action because it does dial that up a little bit like i can see the choices i just don't necessarily like the choices they made yeah yeah there's some odd ones here uh, but it, it ranked at 28 out of 50, which is higher than X1. It is just below X2. It's currently in second place. Uh, next up is The Wolverine, which got a 7 out of 50. Wow. Uh, it is decently true to some of the like standalone Wolverine comics for source material. And it is a little bit, it's a little bit, it's a tiny bit horny soap opera, just a smidge. <laughs> um, but it gets a zero for the baseball rule. We don't see anyone having fun. It gets a zero for teamwork because he's by himself. And it gets a zero for the mutant metaphor because this this movie is not about mutants. It's about one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this goes back to where. So you were very generous to you were generous in your opinion, not your ranking of Wolverine Origins. And that mm -hmm. it's not a good X-Men movie. Maybe it's a good Wolverine. Um, I don't think it's good at either. I think this yeah. at least is a good Wolverine movie. This is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I I the the Snake Lady is bizarre, but yes, the that, silver the silver samurai of it all is cool. Yeah. And it's cool to see Hugh Jackman do some like Ronan Logan stuff. Mm -hmm. So like I would watch this movie tomorrow like it's it's a perfectly fine action movie it, i would say it is a good wolverine movie x-men origins wolverine is is bad across the board i was but this this is this is fine this is fine yeah um i i i, I and that's the thing for me is like and I, I i get in your i get in your ranking it emphasizes the x-men um and and i think that's why a lot of people this doesn't work um surprisingly more than origins like i have more people that like uh or mention liking x-men origins wolverine than this i think people just didn't see it i think if people I, watched it they'd enjoy it but no one saw it because origins was so bad and and, and I, I think i think there's definitely that and i think there's still that sort of cheesy action team like put put x-men origins wolverine um next to like expendables or something like that there's the same like uh flow to the film there's the same level of cheesiness and like all of that other stuff is like but there's still something people like about that kind of train wreck mm -hmm. um and so i think by removing even the littlest bit of uh glee of all right well at least he's working with ridiculous characters sure um yeah i, I think that this one missed out but i think it's a good movie i think you just don't like wolverine 
It's not that I don't like Wolverine. I just don't like the fact that they made him six, what, six two, six three. He's born yeah. like he's, he's just Hugh Jackman is just king. born that way. Like, Glenn Danzig. Oh, that's Wolverine. not Hugh Jackman. Logan is five two. <laughs> I am Wolverine sized, sir. Thank you. Logan taller. I'm an inch taller than Wolverine. Well, also, <laughs> Logan is a trans man. Yeah. He's five two. He's covered in hair. He's, uh you know, angry, uh, which like is maybe not the best uh, stereotype of trans men that testosterone makes you, you know, in, into an anger machine. But uh, yeah. he, he's he got uh, cool scars and um, he has a bunch of female clones of himself running around. That's true. There's over a hundred female clones of Wolverine. Hmm. Either they're trans or he is. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's that's just. You how might it be works. onto something, Andy. Yeah. That explains all of the art I've seen with pop stars. And, and that the one of the things I love about you, Andy, is just the way you look at things like that. I mean, Terminator is a, a, a movie about Jesus. Batman's a Christmas movie. Wolverine is trans. You heard it here uh, on Nerd Order first. Yeah. <laughs> um. The, the pret, pret, no, Alien is a mummy movie. A mummy? Mm-hmm. It's a 1930s, 1918 mummy movie, but set in space. That's actually a very brilliant so way to look smart. at that. The, sh- the <laughs> ship is a pyramid. Yeah. The the alien is, you know, a, a cursed mummy, and it's taking out the colonists who have come who don't understand it. That is super interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a great way to describe that movie, too. See, this is why you should have Andy on your podcast. Everybody deserves an Andy. <laughs> Please get you an Andy. Uh, Days of Future Past ranks Man. real high. It's a 28 out of 50 here for Days of Future Past. Uh, it got pretty even, like pretty high for source material, the baseball rule, and teamwork. We see a ton of cool teamwork in the future scenes of characters mm. using their powers in interesting ways to help each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is Magneto Chuck's the X-Jet at the Invading Sentinels and then Storm hits it with a lightning bolt so it explodes. Mm-hmm. And like Blink is doing all sorts of cool combos with uh, like Bishop. She's like mm-hmm. opening up portals and he's shooting through them. Dope. Love that stuff. Uh, it loses points on the mutant metaphor again and it's not very horny at all. Yeah. For, for me, it's all the stuff you mentioned with the future that I mm-hmm. like about this movie. Mm-hmm. Seeing the original cast interact with the new cast like is so beautiful like sir patrick stewart telling james mcavoy like we need you to hope again like hits me right in the feels and Mm. um like being like really young and in the closet when those original movies were coming out and dreaming of patrick stewart like coming to bring me to the x-mansion where i would be accepted Mm. and then to have him come back again for this movie was just like amazing um i like the design of the like old-timey sentinels too they look like Mm. classic cars they look like 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 old-timey corvettes but robots and that's really cool yeah it looked like they rolled off the ford assembly line uh Mm -hmm. with this which is very of the times too um i i there's nothing about the concept of the plot and i'm sure i'd love the comic um uh but it's 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 some of the execution in film and like i said 
I think it's I, th I think I'm just very critical of the the first class era cast. And so when it jumps between <sighs> characters and cast that I'm invested in to to them, mm -hmm. I think I kind of eh. This is the last time Mystique is worth watching. Like this is the last time Jennifer Lawrence Arthur. is worth watching in these movies. Uh she's not great, but they're trying to like have her connect to the original Mystique in mm -hmm. this, which is cool. Um Hank like going back and forth between human and mutant form is super frustrating and lame. Um, the Quicksilver stuff is cute and fun, but then he leaves for no reason. And it's like, I feel like y'all could really use a speedster still. Yeah, right. Um, good idea. And uh, they would have stopped the assassination too quickly. It's we wouldn't true. have had a Yeah. And uh, just the, like too much Wolverine again. Like Kitty Pride is the main POV character in Days of Future Past. Right. And, uh, I get why they felt like they had to switch it with Hugh Jackman because he's been the face, the, the 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 face of these movies for so long. Mm -hmm. But it, um, I don't know. It, I've had enough of him by this point. So for sure, Fair. for sure. I, and I think that's the thing about the because honestly, um, first class and days of future past um those themselves those for me kind of end a, an era and begin a new one um mm -hmm. as we go on from this because and i think that was kind of the goal is a reset yeah. and, and i think i i as a as someone who in, enjoys the later films benefits from the reset because these two movies are only necessary to get that reset for me mm -hmm. um because definitely we see a diamond dynamic shift again like you mentioned mystique kind of tapers off we get more interesting characters i think in place of her well, um, we're moving forward we're about to go drastically downhill after this one which uh not to uh, me <laughs> do you like age of apocalypse yes. i i like apocalypse and dark phoenix um yeah so for me it's, oh, it's no. honestly x2 x1 uh dark phoenix apocalypse and then Logan the Wolverine um, and then probably Future Past First Class and then uh, Wolverine Origins. I have I have a lot of good things to say about Dark Phoenix actually. I'm super I have, almost, <laughs> I have almost nothing good to say about Apocalypse. Um, and like we might as well just talk about the, the Apocalypse of it all. Um, it got a 5 out of 50. It gets... Two better points than Wolverine for... Origins, though. It is better. It, it's not the worst on here. It 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 got a two for source material, and it got a three for the baseball rule because I like that they went to the mall. That was good. Go that's that's a fun, I, I, that's a fun like scene the... of like the characters spending time together. I I almost call this the Fast and Furious rule because I love that the Fast and Furious movies end with them like having a cookout constantly right. and like having some Coronas. You gotta and have this, one scene. This mall scene to me is like, oh, like they're family. Like they're they're going to the mall together. They're talking about Star Wars. That's cute. But man, this this movie is. How do you misuse Oscar Isaac so badly? See, so that's that's fair. Um, that's probably the fairest thing and the biggest thing because I like so much uh, around the film. I wish the villain was better. Um, better portrayal, better execution of. I'm I, like they should have just done Thanos op rules. I think in that of 
just do it CGI because I don't I liked Oscar in it. Um, I I didn't like that he was not um, as intimidating in stature, not as um, good to look at. He I, I do get the Ivan Ooze comparison uh, with yes. Apocalypse. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I get it. Um. Goodness, it's it, it's rough to watch. Uh, I I don't understand. Like <sighs> Mystique, like leading the X Men is absurd. Like like I said before, she is like the worst possible person in the comics, and like I love that about her. Mm-hmm. I love that she's a terrible, mean, uh, vengeful, spiteful woman. I love her. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see her do, I want to see her. (laughs) Yes. I want to see her do terrible things uh, for reasons that maybe I understand and maybe I don't. And (laughs) for, for her to be like leading the X-Men is just like bonkers. I think that was a, I I think that was a Jennifer Lawrence thing. Well, yeah, it's that she got huge from Hunger Games and they're like, well, we got to like give her more screen time. Yeah. Her, Her makeup looks bad in this. She doesn't want to be here. She's stiff as a wooden board. Um, and Dark Phoenix uh, didn't come fast enough for her. Um, I I do like the costumes at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they actually look like X Men costumes. I like that the sure. uh, I like the actor that they got for Storm and for Psylocke. Mm-hmm. But they're they don't do anything. Angel can fly and he dies in a plane crash. Like it's. There's there's just a lot of strange... went out like Leonard Skinner, man. It was there's not a, great. There's a lot of strange decisions going on here, and um, it's very busy. It's very hard to tell who's fighting who and what's going on. And I don't know what Apocalypse's plan or goal was. <sighs> it's I don't think they did either. Yeah. Again, for me, for sure apocalypse can definitely be better that like that's the biggest thing for me that can get better about this one i think the biggest thing and i'll i'll agree in in a lot of the uh especially when you draw the lines to source material it's it it's not as great there i'm sure um but this one unlike many of them was fun again to watch um for me again because it's ranked very similarly it was like X1, X2 levels of fun to watch for me again. Even if it didn't have those substantial scenes, it still was entertaining, I think, for the first time. Um, and by changing out some of the classic characters that I had kind of grown tired of, um, similar to Wolverine, and by getting rid of newer characters that I had started to get tired of, or at least lessening them, um, it worked in a way that ended up being a, a good film to pop some popcorn to for me by me saying i i like it i'm in no way making a this is this is art sure sure uh, sure comparison no. uh and and neither for dark phoenix although that is much better than than apocalypse for me um but i think apocalypse has to walk so dark phoenix can run uh with these two films for me i I like a lot of the new cast choices. Mm. I mm-hmm. think that they were very fun. Uh, I think if they had had more to do, these uh, like this would have been a much 
uh, better movie. We waste a yeah. lot of time on characters who and actors who don't want to be there, and I think that tracks it down. Uh, yeah, and, and and I can definitely even see that in, in parts that I like of this, and so it's one of those weird ones where it's just like I see the it's like um, the Ewok movies. I see the flaws, but I I really like it. I'm having fun, uh, you know. There's Wilford Brimley. Right. Like, I mean, can we be so bad about it? But, um, but Dark Phoenix, I, again, I, I, it's so good. I wish more people liked it. I know it's not perfect. Um, I don't think, I wouldn't even say Logan is perfect. Uh, and I know that's going to ruffle feathers, but there's no perfect X-Men movie, I, I think. Logan is my next one that I have written down here. And Logan gets a 19 out of 50. Um, Logan is a great movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is not a great X-Men movie. So no one come to my house with pitchforks. Logan is a very good movie. Sure. But, um, it ends up getting a zero on the horny soap opera meter because there's, there's no, there's there's zero horniness and it loses a lot of points on mutant metaphor. Um, but it, it picked up quite a few points on, uh, the baseball rule, the teamwork rule and the source material rule. Um, the only thing really bringing it down for me on source material is the Reavers in the comics are people that Logan specifically maimed and they got cybernetics and they're not just like a rando mercenary team. They are specifically out for revenge against Mm -hmm. Logan. And it seems strange to me that in a movie called Logan with the Reavers as main villains that they wouldn't go that far that they wouldn't have shown flashbacks of like Logan, like maiming these cyborg dudes and then yeah. them like getting the cyborgs and like planning to like hunt him down. Mm-hmm. They just, they, it, they, they're just like random dudes who happen to be hunting Wolverine. It makes way more sense if they have a personal vendetta. Yeah, for sure. And um, I don't like the Wolverine clone, mm-hmm. the like the younger Hugh yeah. Jackman. Mm-hmm. I would have rathered Sabretooth there if you're looking for like a personal character who like represents Wolverine's dark side. Like Sabretooth is right there. Omega Red is right there, and he could have done that. Like there, Wolverine has plenty of nemesis that you could have made that character that he fights at the end with like the dark mirror of Logan. I didn't need yeah like a badly portrayed younger Hugh Jackman. Well, I think I think that is so encapsulating of the issue plaguing so many X movies is they think it's got to be all Logan. Yeah, yeah. I think they like, know you know, doing. like it's it's so ironic that they they would even get the the quote unquote like main adversary, not necessarily the villain, but the adversary wrong by making it Logan as well. Yeah. Um. There's something to be said there, I'm sure. But um. Yeah, like you said, like if, this is another one, I, and. This and the Wolverine for me, I think the things that I like about it um, center on the broken man um, mm-hmm. and e- everything. And I like that. But at the end of the day, like you keep pointing out, that's not an that's not an X Men thing. That's not even in some ways a Wolverine thing. No. That's that's these films versions of Wolverine's thing. Just like Logan, Logan be a scrunky little guy, you know? <laughs> right. Logan at his best is a foil to Cyclops and Mm -hmm. I love Cyclops and sadly these movies uh, decide to like 
dump on Cyclops to make Wolverine cooler, which is a shame. They should especially, be like, they should be bringing each other up, right? Um, and especially when they did such good casting yeah. for for the earlier films, like, come on. And Wolverine is also at his best when he is adopting young girls and like being a really great male role model mm-hmm. and just being like the best grumpy uncle to like yep. these young women and this is the only movie that does that and x23 in this rules oh absolutely um, she's great in this the actor does an incredible job and i love the relationship between her and logan and xavier is really good in this too it was great to see patrick stewart again i think his send-off in days of future past was maybe a little like nicer to the character like mm-hmm. his his story in Logan is really dark and upsetting. Yeah. But it was still great to see him one last time. Absolutely. Until Doctor Strange. <laughs> right. Because um, he's gonna be in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I the parts I like aren't X-Men things. They're mm. completely disconnected from it. And and I think there's plenty of value in liking this because it is a I mean, as far as like cinema goes this is probably the most well done and made film of all of these um minus anything to do with their content yeah right um but it's it's comes down to the content that decides where where it sits with things and yeah if you just make it about wolverine it's probably not going to be a great x-men movie Mm -hmm. Uh, but you're probably going to have fun two out of three times dark phoenix a good place to end it um because again i think this was i was not expecting to like this because when i went back and this was part of the reason i went back was because i realized i hadn't watched dark phoenix um and so the first time um i saw phoenix was when i decided to go back and just take in everything for what it is and and lead up to that point um and it was it was interesting to me to see how my opinions had changed from when I'd seen them because um, I was very harsh on the original trilogy. I really liked first class trilogy um, and I avoided Apocalypse for a long time and then Dark Phoenix for a long time, worried about where they were going to go. And I was so surprised to find out that what's possibly the last X-Men film um, in the era that it was um, is probably one of my favorites. It's kind of kind of interesting i don't hate this movie um it gets a four oh it gets a three for source material it gets a zero for the baseball rule no yeah. one has fun in this movie no uh it gets a 10 for teamwork this movie the final x-men movie is the only movie that gets a perfect score for showing how the x-men should work together it's it's so good. It's so fun. The story is impossible to follow and, and kind yeah. of bad. But like there's a moment where Xavier realizes Nightcrawler is teleporting into like a trap and like uses his telepathy to like pull Kurt back. It's the only movie that has Xavier actually like use his power to help in the field, which is mm-hmm. bonkers. There's uh like a moment where like Cyclops like can't get a visual on someone and I forget who tosses him up, but I think like beast or something like throws him up so he can like get a blast out uh like storm is doing all sorts of cool combos with people oh 
this this is like the only good movie where the x-men fight like the x-men yeah. and it's just the wild that it took them this long to like nail it yeah the the fight where they're trying to get at gene mm. um when she's having the the power stripped of her and then the fight on the train i mean unparalleled levels of of goodness i mean it's it's the best magneto stuff ever like magneto yeah. is wild in that train fight yeah this felt like playing with my toys as a kid of just mm. like insane off the wall oh. it it was just the most it was most like what you would see in in a, a great episode of the show or in in a comic i feel like it wasn't just uh uh we're going to shoot from the range or we're just going to throw Logan at it. It was definitely thought out, I think. Quicksilver grabbing everyone and then running over to Kurt in super speed. So then Kurt can teleport them away. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a lot of like really cool, clever stuff like that. Um, gets a five for the mutant metaphor. Some of the politics in this are interesting. Like there's direct discussions of like Xavier trying to be an assimilationist and Magneto, uh, being an isolationist and saying like no like i'm going to genosha and only mutants are allowed there yeah. and xavier is like buddies with the president now and trying to like get interviews and be on the news like right there's some interesting stuff there going on uh it's not horny at all like it's a zero on the horny factor yeah the this one of the new era is probably the most i think that they try to lean into any sort of moral question conundrum kind of thing with that and like you said, where again, Xavier and, and Charles or, uh, and Eric kind of representing a side um, to things. Mystique in this is terrible. She is god awful. Jennifer Lawrence is a talented actor and she is not having it. She does not want to be here. No. And it, it shows her makeup looks really bad. And yeah. Party she city is, level. she's not even phoning it in. She's just not there. Yeah. She is furniture and uh when she finally dies it becomes a much better movie the problem is we spend way too much time with her before that yeah and Uh, and it it really drags this movie down if you watch this movie from after she dies on it's significantly more fun absolutely and and again because that early half play is plagued by what the last one suffered with too is where she's leading and it's just not the right dynamic for the group i like it just doesn't feel right ever. So to, to compare this with X3 and why both these movies don't work ultimately is whereas the actual Dark Phoenix saga is considered one of the greatest comic books of all time is that the Dark Phoenix saga in the comics one has years of setup like mm. Claremont is slowly dripping out bits of it and leading up to it and we see Jean go from this like she's kind of like the popular girl in school like i think x-men evolution does the best job with Jean. she's a little Mm. self-righteous but she's ultimately like a really good person but she kind of knows she's a really good person but um she's nice to people she believes in her own niceness and goodness maybe a little too much but she's very like conservative and Mm -hmm. then slowly after she gets the phoenix force she starts using her powers in little by little more ways that make 
you, the reader and the characters a little uncomfortable mm. until ultimately she's gaslit by a character called mastermind and she becomes dark Phoenix and does horrific stuff. Mm. And then the X-Men get her back and then she ultimately sacrifices, like she chooses to sacrifice herself so that the Phoenix can't return. Mm -hmm. And in X-Men three, it's about Logan and it's only about Logan. It's not about Jean and Logan chooses to kill Jean. So the choice of mutant cure, I would like to point out. Yeah. Mutant cure is flying left and right. And you choose to just stab her. And here she doesn't do anything. Dark Phoenixy. No, it's, I, it's I, way I, more I that, personal. I know that she kills Mystique, which is tragic, but like killing one person to me is not the Dark Phoenix saga. Like the Dark Phoenix saga is when she blows up Dabari. Yeah, uh, like like the Death Star. She just like eats a planet. Right. So, I, I think, and it's it's not about her. I don't know who the main character of this movie is. I think it's Mystique until Mystique dies, but then. I don't know from there who the protagonist is, but it's definitely not Jean. Like during the whole train fight, she's locked up. Like, yeah, that's the climax of the movie. I I, I think, I think it's like you said, I think it's mystique. And then the, the mainness is disseminated amongst a few characters. Um, I think though, what I like is although, X3 tried to do the trauma and bad actions of um, Phoenix. I don't think it had strength on the personal struggle uh, of Jean. I like that this one does do that more. It's more personal, even if it doesn't um, back it up with a lot of horrendous action, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the other issue is this idea of like, what does Jean's death do? And in the comics, Jean's death affects the entire team incredibly personally. And it ends up elevating storm to being leader of the X-Men. And that's a huge deal. It's the first time a black woman is leading a superhero team in comics. It's, it's massive. And storm now is the main character of the X-Men moving forward for the rest of the Claremont era. It's mm-hmm. it's dope. Um, in X three, Jean dies for Logan's pain, mm-hmm. and in Dark Phoenix, while Jean doesn't die, I feel like her going Dark Phoenix doesn't propel Jean's story. It propels Scott's and Hank's, and I guess yeah. Magneto's to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it's to me, it doesn't feel like it's centered on Jean. And there's a lot of like critical debate about whether or not the comic Dark Phoenix saga is a sexist story or not. Um, I don't think my opinion on that as a non-binary person necessarily like weighs in, but uh, from my perspective, at least because the setup goes from the slow transformation of Jean into also then propelling a woman of color. I personally feel like it's not, a sexist story your mileage may vary um every adaptation i've seen of it has been handled very poorly from a feminist angle i think um 
there's still good stuff in this movie and it doesn't deserve the hate it got. It's a better movie than a lot of people give it credit for, but I think it really drops the ball in giving Gene agency in this story. And um, every comic, which has tried to emulate the dark Phoenix saga, whether it be with Wanda or whether it be with Raven, I think has missed that and has Mm. told uh, tragically a a very anti-feminist story where I feel like the original, um, broke a lot of ground in important ways for women characters and comics. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And I actually, you know, as you say it, I, I really agree. I think that unfortunately it had nothing to do with Jean in this. She was very much at her and dark Phoenix as a whole was just kind of a vehicle for um, various characters and for, for the story. I think um, this version of Jean starts out by saying like, she's a weirdo. Like we see mm-hmm. her kill her mom in the beginning of this. And in the last movie, she talked about how she makes people uncomfortable because she's a freak and she's weird and she's different. And it's like, no, Jean is the most popular girl in school. Like right. the whole thing is that when she goes dark Phoenix and you see her in the hellfire gala black corset with a riding crop because Chris, Car- Chris Claremont has some things that he's into. Um, yeah. He has some proclivities. Um it's so shocking though because gene would never ever wear yeah. that but well, the the problem is they started out and and it was very it was obviously very rushed i'm glad it was rushed to the point that we got this film um considering again it might be the it, it's getting reset i'm sure um she was cast for dark phoenix yeah and she was just meant to be gene gray to get us there and and that misunderstanding of how much is how much of Jean is Dark Phoenix and how much, uh, you know, is vice versa. Like it, it wasn't very well thought. It was, it was definitely a, we're, we know where we want to end up in a couple of movies and we're going to work towards that. Um, and, and I will say that she's a great actor. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. actually. And, and uh, I, I wish we had gotten a, a better movie for gene because that actor is phenomenal and 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 i think really could have killed it um but i i do think that this movie deserves another watch if you haven't seen it and i know that like there was it was kind of a meme to make fun of it almost you know morbius before morbius Mm. uh this this is not a terrible movie it's a pretty good x-men movie and uh i think it's a it's i think it's a pretty good movie overall too it's uh, maybe I'm being too kind to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I—I I mean, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. There's there's good stuff here. Um, it's it's not terrible. I wish Kurt was fuzzy, but <laughs> other than that, you know, I don't like smooth Kurt. But yeah, I no, I mean, I agree. I think this is uh, I think it's a pretty darn good movie. I mean, again, it ranks high for me, so I'm biased, but I for sure think. It's better than given credit. It's better than other films before it. Um, at the very le- at least, it's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, and, the fight and I, scenes rule. The fight I, scenes gonna, are like, so good. If I had to tell you which one to watch that you're going to have fun, at least it's Dark Phoenix. It's so good. Um, the, the plot is a little incomprehensible, but the, the fight scenes are so so good magneto in that train is just like it's x-men unleashed man yeah it's it's something 
It's great. Um, well, I'm sad because this has been an excessive episode. A delightfully excessive episode. And we're not even done. <laughs> do, do we want to do meet New Mutants? Um, well, I can't because I actually haven't seen that. Well, I mean, you can tell me what you think of it, but okay. I, I actually, I, I keep passing by it on HBO Max. Um, I have not worked up the courage to actually dive into that because I've not heard great things. So Dark Phoenix got an 18 out of 50, by the way. I don't remember if I said it. New Mutants gets a 10 out of 50. Uh, it gets a lot of chews for the baseball rule for teamwork and for horny soap opera. It gets a four for source material and it gets a zero for mutant metaphor. It's not interested in the mutant metaphor at all. In fact, uh, it whitewashes Roberto, uh, which is heartbreaking to me. We've had two sunspots and both times he's not been black. He's been a person of color, but he hasn't been black. Mm-hmm. And that is like a key part of the character's origin story. So it feels really disrespectful to yeah. remove it. I mean, any whitewashing is an issue, mm-hmm. but like his powers literally activate because he's playing football and one of the people he's on the other team to get like in his head calls him a racial slur and he mm-hmm. gets so angry his powers activate like that is a key part of this character's identity mm-hmm. and to repeatedly have him be whitewashed is i i guess i shouldn't say whitewashed they didn't cast a white guy but to ca- repeatedly remove the fact that he's a black superhero is Right. really frustrating um when it's something integral to his character yeah to to the the birth of sunspot is very much tied to the fact that he's black and i don't think it's an accident that when he's in his sunspot form he goes from being you know dark skinned a dark skinned black person to all black because his body is like absorbing the solar radiation mm-hmm. and that when he's in that form he's super strong like that's not a super subtle allegory, right? You know, like it's it's a key part of the character. Um, so that that sucks. And then Ileana is amazingly cast as uh the girl from The Witch, Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, I love her. Amazing. I like dream casting. Ileana is another character that just like means a ton to me, and. Uh, I was so stoked when I saw that casting because like I was like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna kill it. She's gonna do such a good job. And they made her character racist. Oh no. Oh, God. And and it just like it it hurts so much that like what a brutal character assassination. Um and I I, I think they were trying to do this thing where like, oh, she's not like mean-spirited but she's ignorant because she's from russia and she's never met like a native american before but it's 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 really upsetting um racism is still definitely yeah no it's Mm -hmm. it's it's really bad and um she still does a great job when she's saying any dialogue that isn't that um the, the, the girl playing danny is is great um uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones is um, Wolfsbane and she's she's great and they are allowed to be lesbians in it which is great uh, in the char- in the comics they have like this special 
like relationship and rapport and they're constantly saying how much they mean to each other and stuff. And if you're reading it, you're like, Oh, they're, they're roommates. Yeah. Um, like but, the sailor moon cousins. Uh, yeah. But it hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't been allowed to have been said it on page yet. And the movie did it, which was really cool. Um, the guy playing cannonball is the, the dude from stranger things. And um, I'm sure he's, he's a fine individual but his southern accent is really bad which and, which stranger things kid uh the pervert with the camera that everyone decided to forget that he was a pervert with a camera and just like decided oh. he was a cinnamon roll yeah he was a pervert wasn't he mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember I, his name I, I i hate the character in stranger things and everyone likes him but um yeah that was kind of icky yeah, it was really icky, and everyone just kind of forgot about it. Everyone was like, oh, wow, the, the dude with the hair is such a meaning because he broke yeah. his camera. And I was like, he was perving on, exactly. on on those women. It's a good thing that he broke that kid's camera. Right. The older brother of the kid who got slorped up by the Upside Down, that guy. Yeah. Okay. The only, gotcha. The only this is not a Stranger Things podcast. No, well, and I'm yeah. not a Stranger Things person, so, like, until you – until you correlated it like yeah. that, I've seen yeah. one episode. I have seen the first episode, and that's it. Um, um, they did get some stuff wrong about Danny that was like really important to the Native American representation as well. I'm not a Native American, it, like I don't necessarily understand the uh, cultural significance of like her character's braids mm-hmm. in the comics, but th- they're uh, a very important. Uh, aspect of her uh, tribal identity and it's just not Mm. in the movie so there's a lot of stuff that the movie like flubs really hard Mm. Uh, I think it's really cool that they went for a horror story uh, route I think that was like a really interesting idea the new mutants comic like dips into horror quite a bit so I thought that was a neat idea Uh, the demon bear saga is dope and so seeing the big Scary Demon Bear was really cool. Um, uh, last note, though, apparently the director had some really racist ideas for Storm and wanted Storm to be the main villain. Mm. And Marvel Comics would not let him do that because Good. Storm is an incredibly important character, I would say, not just in like Marvel Comics history, but I would just say like in pop culture in general at this point. Yeah. And... Um, this idea that he wanted like storm to be like abusing these children and Aurora Monroe is the big scary villain. It's just like, thank God Marvel stepped in. And right. it's very clear that the movie was like chopped to hell. Like you can just tell that the editing and pacing is a bit off mm. and I don't know what was cut, but I, with the little bit of racist stuff that made it in, I'm glad right. that it uh, got cut up. So, um, is it worth a watch? Uh, that's tough. Um, the stuff that's bad in it is bad in like a real world way. And that's very upsetting. Mm. The stuff, you know, with being like a new mutants fan, the stuff that they did get right was cool to see but if i had known going into it the issues there i probably wouldn't have bothered watching it Mm. um it because the the unfortunate stuff in there the like upsetting stuff like 
again, like I'm a white person. I don't necessarily understand the intricacies of the stuff that they got wrong, but even with my limited perspective, I can see the problematic stuff and um, the, the ideas that this guy had about storm too. It's just like wild that he would even like admit to it in interviews. It's like, why are you, why are you telling people this about yourself, man? Like, right. You should keep that private. You, Those are yeah, some bad it's not, ideas. It, it doesn't make you sound cool. It's not as good as you think it is. Yeah. yeah. Another show of clowns are going to clown themselves. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so that I thought was like a really like sad ending to the X-Men Fox movies. Um, like they really went out uh, on on a downer. Uh, when yeah. I thought Dark Phoenix was uh, actually not a terrible ending. So. Yeah, no, well, and yeah, I'd, I'd been characterizing it as, for well, for me, the ending. Um, I'm probably going to go watch New Mutants after this um, Just with low expectations. Because yeah. um, honestly, again, we got, I we got lesbians. Like right. it, We got an There's interracial lesbian relationship. <laughs> like, there is good stuff in there. And, like, they address Wolfsbane's, like, religious trauma spot on um they like yeah it's it it's it's really inconsistent the 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 stuff that they got right is really cool and the stuff that they got wrong they got really wrong yeah um but the the cast for the most part uh does everything they can to try and salvage the movie and uh, like Anna taylor joy is great when they're she's not saying like bad stuff about native americans like Maisie Williams is great when, you know, in all of it, um, the actress who plays Danny is great. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I'm not going in with great expectations, but I, I realizing I have atrociously left something off the list. Um, I, I'll, I will follow up and, and, and let, uh, the nerdy verse know where that stands. Um, clearly I have weird opinions when it comes to X-Men movies anyway. I've got a very odd ranking. I think um, your ranking makes sense. Like I can understand like your perspective on the stuff you like and the stuff you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, so, I mean, obviously from my perspective so often it just feels like I like what I like. I don't, you know, it's just, I, but then, then again, it's a very hard, well, I don't like what I don't like too. Um, and, and I think for me, the things that dip do have their reasons and in a lot of ways while I get it, I'm just not there with, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get it enough to forgive it in, in yeah. some ways with a lot of this stuff. But um, by and large, as least, as least as far as the films have gotten, because that's just how far we were able to get with this tonight, <laughs> but um, more works than doesn't for me. And uh, I would encourage anyone to do what I did and, and again, break it up into chunks and then just watch it. Just go back and revisit because um, a lot of these are a lot older. I'm sure a lot of people, unless you really like them, haven't watched them recently. And and also giving second fair shots to uh, some of the more recent ones. I think it's due. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I There's a couple movies that I think are real stinkers. But <laughs> other other than that, I think these are like really like middle of the road adaptation wise. And I think some of them rise above that and into being like good movies on their own. 
Um, I do think all of the TV shows, by and large, are better than the movies adaptation-wise. Sure. But I think the X-Men just lends itself better to TV mm-hmm. because Chris Claremont, who really uh, made the X-Men what it is, inspired, by and large, how we view TV nowadays. So mm-hmm. I think, of course, TV just fits better for this format. But yeah, there's some bangers in there, and they're they're I think they're all worth revisiting, even the ones that I don't think are good. Have we changed any of your opinions? I've had fun listening to you guys talk about X. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like Clearly. if you if you guys were wondering why I've been so quiet for most of this, it's because I've been listening to some of the best podcasting I've ever. <laughs> oh well, you're you're generous to me. Thing. You're accurate about Andy. I'm just having fun. <laughs> I well, uh, I really love these characters and I really love these stories and to justice in the, in the chats point from like two hours ago, like representation is really important yeah. and by and large X-Men has been the comic books representing minority stories. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something really powerful about that. And when people there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, it's not about minorities. It's just about anyone who feels like they're an outcast. And it's like, I think you're really missing the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the 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 mutant metaphor is best on page when it's not just a metaphor. And what yeah. I mean by that is like when Storm is interacting with the mutant metaphor, it's more powerful. When Iceman is interacting with the mutant metaphor, it's more powerful. When Kitty is interacting with it. It's more powerful because she's Jewish Jewish because storm is black and because Iceman is gay. And um, the writers who get that and really push for diverse casts in X-Men books, they're, they're some of the most powerful, most interesting stories out there in comics. And uh, I'd highly encourage you to check out some of those books and some of those stories, if you've enjoyed the movies, if you think the movies are pretty good, pick up a comic and see, see what you're missing out on. It can be overwhelming to know where to start, but there are some really easy points to jump on and start reading. And I think it's worth it. Absolutely. And Andy, I'm going to volunteer your services that if anybody has any questions on their X journey, uh, reach out to an actual expert. <laughs> My Twitter at is there uh, at a one hat town. Uh, feel free to hit me up with uh, X-Men thoughts, X-Men questions. Um, uh, there's some great X-Men podcasts out there that I really love. Uh, Jay and Miles explain the X-Men and Cerebrocast are both great podcasts uh, that deep dive these characters in really insightful and funny and interesting ways. And uh, Adam Warrock, uh, I'm just going to plug his music. He doesn't make music anymore, which is heartbreaking, but he has a bunch of like X-Men albums and songs and they all freaking slap. So nice. uh, if you just like fun, nerdy music, uh, check out him. I was listening to him all day to get ready for this. So, or And, and also just hit up Andy if you just want to thank them for their awesomeness. Exactly. And because, uh, I mean, certainly sharing all of that with us, like, the, the love that you have for X-Men, because um, to me, it's an interesting topic. To you, it's something meaningful, and that makes it more than just a topic to me. It makes me it, it, it makes it a conversation I really enjoyed having, um, because that like that is such a heart of what we like doing, is having those sort of 
deep diving, meaningful conversations about why we love what we love and, you know, what it says about us. Um, because I, I think that we all like what we like. And, you know, even the person with the stupidest fandom opinion likes what they like for a reason. And maybe there's some stuff there. And, and, and I always think those are such interesting conversations to have and things to explore. I even even stuff that I don't think is particularly good i love to try and go in and see like what did work i mean that's a big thing we do on ending pending when we talk about shows that got canceled at one season no one sets out to make a show that gets canceled after one season Mm. uh so there has to be good stuff there there was intention behind what was made and so even some of these x-men movies and i'm like this one sucks there's still like good nuggets in there that i can find joy in and go like oh you know most of this movie might be hard for me to recognize the characters I love, but right there in that one scene, Cyclops, you know, reached for his visor in a way. And like, that was dope. So it's the, it's the MCU nugget. Sometimes all you need is a nugget. Sometimes you get a gold mine. I I know know when the MCU does the X-Men, it's going to like stress me out really badly. We're going to have, we're going to have to have a revisit because I'm, I'm I'm hella curious at what's going to happen. But I know Let's take a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I know that even if I don't love it, there will be stuff that I enjoy and it's going to bring new fans to these stories. And that is a big positive. So absolutely. Um, well, we're, we're going to have to have more X conversations uh, in the future because we didn't, didn't cover everything. Um, certainly, which we never cover everything. We, we went tried. so long and I'm so sorry. No, you were oh, fine. Be. Great conversation. Great episode. And hey, people are going to check it out. And I hope so. And uh, hopefully you also follow up with Andy. Check them out um, uh, with because uh, you're also on Force Friends Rewatch uh, mm-hmm. podcast as well. You've mentioned ending pending. Uh, and then again, your X services are out there um, uh, for helping folks. If you want to get into X-Men, clearly there's at least a lot of fun to be had, if not all quality fun. Um, but you know what? It's it's just a band and family of weirdos having a good time. Who's who's not into it? Um, so give it a shot. Give it a revisit, even. Um, if nothing else, maybe we've convinced you of that. Uh, if you've liked the episode, make sure you let us know you've liked it. Uh, if you really liked it, share it with someone. Um, maybe share it with that one friend that thinks that X3 is the best X, uh, X-Men movie out there. Um, he yeah, exists, I'm sure we, we will, we'll, we'll work on them. <laughs> um, but yeah, share it. Uh, let somebody know you liked it. Um, it does a lot for the show and we certainly enjoy it, um, because we love having conversations like this. And so looking forward to that, uh, we return to Star Wars, uh, next week by chatting about the Bad Batch. Um, we're revisiting season one, uh, with our, yeah, with our friends from, uh, star Wars in a galaxy, um, podcast. And so that's going to be a good time. Um, we've gotten teases of season two stuff from celebration. So, so I'm sure we're going to have more to talk about here soon. Uh, and I'm sure the season will be this year. So we, we want to prepare ourselves for that by revisiting that. Cause we never really talked about bad batch. Um, and I think it's pretty good. So. Uh, come back next week for that. We're live every Friday. And so if you want to check it out live on Friday, great. If you're listening to this after the fact, thank you as well. And thanks to our patrons uh, who pay. Uh, we blow our whole budget on guests. 
Um, Andy, your checks in the mail. Um, (laughs) It has been a blast and we will uh, catch up with everyone next week uh, and look forward to having more nerdy conversations. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.